This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, dude. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How you doing today? Man, I, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, doing pretty good. It's been a <laughs> uh, a wild, wild January here at the Country Squire, but uh, man, thankful and uh, a lot of good stuff going on. We're really uh, excited about uh, about everything. So um, yeah, man, just just rocking and rolling. It's uh, kind of been a, a you know we've had a, a a busy January, but then it has kind of turned into a, a slow couple of days, which is nice just to catch my breath and uh, enjoyed a couple bowls today of uh, uh, some tasty tobaccos. And so mm, um, nice. yeah, man, it was just really. Really nice, you know. Sometimes you're thankful, even as a retailer, to have some of those slower days to just kind of, kind of catch your breath a little bit, and uh, you know, enjoy the shop and uh, you know, fruits of uh, your labor and um, some tasty, uh, you know, tasty pipe weed and and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, man, what's what's going on with you, man? We're we're doing good here. Um, these uh, last uh, 24 hours, I've been uh, trying to take care of the misses. She, uh, really, really good news. She she has got her second shot of the vaccine. Oh, um, yeah. And I don't know if you've, you've heard, but the first shot's not too bad, but the second one is where, you know, your body goes into overdrive to, to build the antibodies and everything. Yeah. A, a good friend of mine mentioned the exact same, uh, kind of phenomenon. The first one wasn't bad, but the second one kind of, uh, kind of nailed him. So, Man. Uh, yeah. She, uh, she was, she was struggling last night and it's one of those things where, you know, she's, uh, she's kind of acting director for her department right now. And, you know, she wants to, she knows that like, if, if she, she, she phones it in the next day, then she's setting a precedent for like all of her people. And so she's got, she got to show up and, <laughs> you know, like be half dead, but still, uh, be still working. But anyway, so she's, uh, uh, we're, we're excited that she's, she's got the vaccine and I, you know, I can sleep a little bit easier, <laughs> but yeah, we're, sure. we're just trying to take care of her a little bit, uh, here over the next couple of days. But she does, she was like, man, if you know, like, Obviously, we knew this was going to happen, so we were prepared for that. But it was one of those things. Where it was like, man, if this is what it takes for your body to create the antibodies, like, what is actual COVID got to be like? Yeah, it's just rough. I know. It's that. That's part of the issue. You know, it's uh, it's one of the reasons that for several years, I have to admit, I I haven't gotten the flu shot because yeah. the last time I got the flu shot, it made me so sick. You know, yeah. I just uh, you know, had had felt really terrible. I was like, well, I'll just gamble and won't get the, you know, that I won't get the flu, which is probably a terrible idea. And we're not doctors, and don't give yeah, don't don't go based on radio, our but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know it's I, I understand man it's uh it's one of those things uh, you know can uh take a toll but uh yeah. man, it's one of those it'll the medicine it'll be uh will be good and uh protector from uh from all the stuff going forward so yeah. man i'm just hopeful that we'll um you know someday soon experience some sense of normalcy i've had some pipe folks reach out and be like man when are y'all gonna you know start hosting events again and mm, you know are we you yeah. know we had uh, talked about you know last year we had the lunt to remember yes sir uh, planned and uh you know had to postpone that indefinitely and uh, of course you've got uh, industry you know and, and uh you know hobby wide events like the uh, chicago pipe show which so far is is a green light but y- you never know and then of course uh you know even the um you know the uh the, our industry's trade organization the uh it was the ipcpr announced the premium cigar association which they unfortunately took the name pipe out of the uh out of the oh, name but we on. still are uh, a part of that and so they're planning on going full throttle this uh, summer but we don't know about that either you know just with everything up in the air so um yeah just a lot of unknown questions but man i can't wait to get these masks off and get to you know 
smoking my pipes around large groups of people again. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hopefully it's, uh, hopefully we're past the, the halfway point and, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I, something else I'm excited about is I hear that things are shaking up at the country squire, man. You're doing a little, uh, little upgrades to, well, to your humidor. So this is fun, right? You know, uh, if you followed the, the show since the beginning or, or at least for a long time, you know, we, uh, we, we moved, uh, Gosh, I guess it's been about three years ago now, Bo. Moved in, that would have been, yeah, 2018. Moved into a new space and we're just thrilled with the larger size from our older shop and uh, miss our older shop and the quaintness of it and all that. But, uh, you know, uh, we're happy to get the extra space. But, man, have, to be honest with you, have just very quickly grown into it. And we are so thankful just, you know, our shipping business has, uh, you know, blossomed and our, our walk-in traffic has uh, you know, has grown as well. And so just, you know, have the need for uh, kind of a rearranged space and kind of some changes, you know, in how our shop is laid out and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, you know, when you walk in the shop, you're not going to notice a big difference from, uh, you know, when you walk in. But if you go inside the cigar humidor, uh, you're about to notice a, a big difference. We're actually going to uh, expand it by about 50 percent uh, into into this back space. And then we're going to reconfigure this back space so that it's much more conducive to our shipping business. So we're kind of improving our shipping business. And, and so we can get pipe tobacco out uh, quicker and more efficiently and carry more products and uh, keep more in stock. And then uh, and then we're also going to, um, you know, carry more uh, of, of cigars just for our walk-in customers. So, uh, really excited about that, man. But it's, you know, it's just, um, well, I mean, you know, you talked about renovations for, oh, yeah. you know, like three and a half months on the show. <laughs> yeah. <you> know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things, you know, you just, uh, you, you kind of dread a little bit. Just, I mean, we're excited, obviously, about the upgrades to our space and all that. But we feel like we kind of have to do it right now uh, for a variety of reasons that I won't get into. The problem is it coincides with, uh, you know, the biggest holiday in the pipe smoking world. Mm. And that is uh, International Pipe Smoking Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so it's going to be a little yeah. painful because we uh, are going to go through, you know, this transition uh, during IPSD, uh, which, of course, is February 20th, um, you know, every year. And so um, so we're, we're going to, you know, try to, uh, you know, juggle and, and, you know, keep all the plates spinning on different poles, as, as it were. But, um, you know, interested to see how it'll turn out. I'll probably be. Uh, caffeinating a lot and uh, you know and and uh, and, and smoking uh, smoking a lot of tobacco to, to medicate the whole uh, insanity of it but um, yeah man excited about it and I, I think you know long term in the short term it's gonna be a big inconvenience particularly with our shipping stuff but um, you know long term it'll really help us uh, you know just continue to grow and serve our customers better and one of the biggest complaints people have about our current uh, setup is that online on our on our Country Squire website, we don't have a lot of tins in stock. Hmm. And we just can't, we don't have room to store them. It's hard right, to do yeah. inventory here. It's just the way we've got things configured. It's not uh, very practical to keeping a lot of inventory on hand. And so uh, this is going to hopefully, God willing, kind of help us uh, move in that direction to carrying more uh, more online product and um, and just be more efficient. And then, um, you know, and then sell more, uh, sell more cigars. So it'll be nice, man. We're excited. Yeah, man. When it's all said and done, I mean, renovation is rough, but it's always worth it at the end. <laughs> but it, it is. is. Rough. <laughs> it is. You know, it's one of those things that um, you, you just kind of dread, you know, getting through. But you have to, um, you know, keep those uh, images of the shiny uh, new digs kind of out in front of you to, right. to keep you motivated. So <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll see. Hopefully it'll work out OK. 
Well, look, I always love hearing about, uh, you know, the opportunity for there to be new stock at the shop because, uh, you know, it's it's great learning about different uh, products. You know, there is something about walking into a pipe shop and seeing, you know, the, the traditional things you see, the pipes on the wall, the basket pipes, you got the high price pipes and the glass cases, you've got nice premium looking jars of hand blended pipe tobacco if you're a uh, particular tobacconist is able to do that. You know, obviously at the Country Squire, you've got the 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 metal weighted uh, uh, system thing that you use <laughs> to uh, to weigh out the pipe tobacco. That would be a scale. That that is has a name. It's called a scale. Okay. Yes. 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 A scale. <laughs> a scale. Of course. No. Like the but like, like this ancient scale that's there. You've got all the various <laughs> memorabilia on the walls and that that nice little mustiness that exists. The ashtrays, the pipe tamps. But you know that is one of the things you expect when you walk into a pipe shop is to see a plethora of various pipe tobacco tins and of all kinds of shapes and sizes with various uh, beautiful logos beckoning you over to take a look and see what is there for you to explore. Now, for the new pipe smoker, that can often be a uh, bit of a daunting challenge. You don't quite know what to look for. Uh, And even for the more seasoned amongst us, you might see some old familiars, you might see uh, some favorites, but every once in a while you might uncover something that you never really knew was there. And one of the things, man, I love about this, this show is the series that we have done since the earliest of days are tobacco talks where we take a look at uh, reviewing various pipe tobaccos that people might find in their local tobacconist and in many respects this is like the bread and butter of what a pipe tobacco podcast should be right <laughs> should we, be right <laughs> but we decided if and we, we did destroy that, that every week yeah. well no, that's the thing like if, if we did it every week we would have finished years ago hey maybe we should have done that instead <laughs> <laughs> our listeners are like please yeah no but we spread it out, man. We spread it out every eight episodes or so and do a tobacco talk, man. And uh, I know you were bringing it this week with some amazing uh, 10 tobaccos for us to yeah. uh, review and take a look yeah, at. Yeah, you so. know, you, you, you kind of set the narrative well in a way that, you know, maybe we haven't really discussed on the show before. But, you know, any any pipe shop worth its salt is going to have a, you know, a, at least a, you know, a smattering of tins that will be around. And, um, you know, we hand blend our own tobaccos here at the Country Squire. But, um, you know, you mentioned it. Uh, we were proud of those tins, those shiny, you know, pretty tins with the beautiful uh, labels that have, uh, well, some of which are beautiful. A lot of them are actually very boring, but <laughs> we mm. and we and we rake them over the coals uh, justly for uh, for that, particularly Bo and his uh, his kind of eye for for that. But um, you know, but you know, we're thankful for these uh, shiny tins that pop out, and um, man, it's just so attractive and it's one of those things you know they they are expensive at least compared to uh, some other tobaccos and so um you know you wonder what's behind every every uh you know lid it's like man i you know is it worth paying 15 bucks to figure out if i like that particular tobacco or not and so um and there's so many of them out there and we try to keep a nice rotation of them uh at the squire and so um yeah you know we this is our essence our chance to kind of uh uh, you know, talk about a few and let you know our thoughts and, mm. uh, and maybe it'll encourage you to give them a try and, uh, maybe you'll steer clear. I don't know, but, uh, here we go. All right, man. Talking about a couple of good ones today. Uh, man, excited about this. One of them, the first one, uh, we actually just got a shipment of this, uh, tobacco in and really, um, thrilled to have it. It's Samuel Gay with Fire Dance Flake. Ew. Um, Samuel Gay with, you know, tobaccos. These are, 
they're just kind of hard to get nowadays. You know, when I started, um, you know, in this industry years ago, I we, it just we just didn't have this issue. Like you could get squadron leader, you could get full of Virginia Flake, you could get, you know, perfection and grouse more and all these tobaccos. But you know, just in the past, particularly the past probably five years, six years. They've just gotten to be really hard to get. I, I don't know if it's a supply chain thing, if it's a, a huh. American distributorship thing, if it's a, um, you know, what what they're doing at, at Samuel Gaywith and Gaywith and Hogarth over in uh, the UK. I, I just don't yeah. know the genesis of it, but it's a very, it's just they're just hard to get. I so, know. I mean, like, but just to clarify, I mean, you mean in America, like if you're in the UK, like one imagines it's still more readily available? I, You know, to be honest, Bo, I'm not sure. I just, huh. I have haven't talked to many of our UK, you know, friends about that. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'd be interested in knowing, Definitely, um, yeah. you know, if we have any, you know, listeners that, uh, you know, are from the UK that catch this show, uh, give us some feedback on that. I mean, we, we'd love to, you know, hear more of that stuff. My sense is that it probably is more readily available over there. But, um, you know, so which which would make you think that it is more of a kind of a, a you know, importing, distributing kind of issue compared to uh, some other stuff. But um, but regardless, Sam, Samuel Gay with Tobacco is obviously some of the most uh, respected in the world and uh, and well known. But, um, you know, just over the past several years have been a little harder to get your hands on. So um, Fire Dance Flake, this is a, a fun tobacco. It's one of those that uh, is not one of their best sellers, although all of them kind of fly off the shelf, but um, but it, it's an interesting tobacco and one that uh, we haven't talked about at all before in any uh, sense. And so, um, yeah, I thought we'd visit it. I just happened to have a, a tin I've been working my way through and, um, you know, enjoyed it and, and thought we'd chat a little bit about it. Um, yeah. This is a very high quality aromatic. Uh, the description as provided from uh, Samuel Gaywith, it reads, uh, developed, quote, developed with one of our one of the USA's lady smokers. Fire Dance is our best brown flake, six inch, our best brown six inch flake, subtly flavored with a combination of blackberry, brandy and vanilla. The smoke Ooh. is mild, uh, a mild, cool experience with the blackberry, the predominant flavor, the brandy in the background and rounded off with the vanilla, a mild and fruity smoke with the strength of best brown and a very pleasing room aroma. Um, and uh, and that's from Samuel Gaywith. So, um, man, an interesting description. I, you know, my first re- reaction to this description is, who was the USA lady smoker I, they talked to? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I want to know this person, like, you know, developed with one of the USA lady smokers. Like, give us more information. Yeah, who, who like, that? Who that? That's like, like, you know, I actually tried to research this and find out what on earth they were talking about. Who? Like, we we, we want to know. Like, we, we want this person on air, you know? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Let's get her on. That's crazy. It was really funny. I I just, you know, caught that and was um, like, man, I, you know, I almost even left that part out of the description and talking about it because it was so vague and kind of weird and mildly offensive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, you know, we had to, we had to make at least one for the ladies, you know, and uh, ladies night here at Samuel Gaywith. And uh, of course we have fire dance. So, wow. You know, I didn't even like put that together. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's interesting. It's, uh, uh, just kind of this funny thing they throw in there and, and you wonder about the genesis of that. But um, so what they say right off the bat after they talk about the lady pipe smoker that they developed it with uh, that's that remains unknown uh, is is that they say a subtly flavored version 
of their best brown uh, flake. Hmm. And so, you know, when you see that, when you read that as a Samuel Gaywith fan, as a uh, full-bodied uh, Virginia smoker fan, a non-aromatic tobacco fan, someone that likes a natural flavor, you're kind of like, wow. Like that, I mean, that, that they're taking one of the best non-aromatic Virginias on the market and they're they're create they're making an aromatic out of it. And, yeah. and you're like, well, I wonder how that's going to go. <laughs> and, um, and so, I- interesting, I- I'm going to read the description now of of Best Brown Flake, which they've used as the base for this tobacco. Uh, Best Brown Flake from Samuel Gaywith, a firm favorite for the pipe smoker, looking for uh, a medium-strength, gentle, and slow-burning tobacco, manufactured using hand-stripped, flu-cured Virginias with no added flavors. Uh, Best Brown will reward with a cool, sweet smoke and a delectable aroma and good side stream, uh, mild to medium. I don't know what the side stream is. I've never heard that uh, that that phrase in the uh, in the tobacco world, but that's from tobacco reviews. Um, you know, so they've taken this tobacco. It's a it's a beautiful Virginia tobacco that has just a nice uh, warm color to it, the moisture content that you expect from Samuel Gaywith, which is which is pretty moist. Um, and they've they've taken that and made an aromatic out of it. And so we've got this. Uh, you know, they bill is kind of a, a fruity uh, liqueur, uh, li- you know, liquor vanilla kind of uh, flavor to it. Very interesting. So. Um, when, when you open the tin, uh, it's got this kind of, uh, actually, do you want to describe the kind of the tin art that you see there, Bo? Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, one of the things about Samuel Gay with is you, you, you constantly see that, um, you know, that rectangular shape. Um, you know, I think, I think these days many of us kind of associate, you know, pipe tobacco with, with the round tin shape. I think that's, yeah. you know, the more of the modern kind of iconic look, um, but uh, but no, this has got the kind of the classic uh, classic rectangle. You've got the 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 flames are dancing. The fire is dancing right there um, <laughs> with kind of the the hot tinges of orange, yellow, red. To be honest, based on the description, it's an odd way of presenting it. You almost kind of wonder why is this considered fire dance? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know where the name comes from. I I, I really don't. It, it, it's it's fascinating because it doesn't to me. Uh, evoke anything of the flavor of the tobacco. So I, it's got to be the lady fire or the lady pipe smoker who was a well, fire dancer. And and I do love this. It says it says quote on the tin cover. It says quote none but the piper keeps up with the dancer. See, there's a story here, man. What? There's there is some <laughs> kind of like crazy fly by night love story that went on. Like I remember back in the day when we lived in Memphis, there was this restaurant that we used to go to. And, uh, there was this like fire, I don't know what the right terminology is, but like out in front of it, there was like a fire belly dancer type situation. And, <laughs> and you happened to go there every night, didn't you, Bo? No, we didn't go there every night, but like, no, like it was, it was very cool. My wife and I went and like, like they would practice, like basically wherever they actually did their thing, they would always practice in front of this, uh, this restaurant, um, out on their back patio. And she had these, like, I, I don't know exactly what to call it other than like these, like these little, like like chains with like this lantern looking container that was essentially like a fireball and okay. she would no, no i mean like no it's just like no you know, I'm, I'm tracking go ahead go ahead it's nothing inappropriate no, absolutely nothing good. inappropriate like like no, but like and it was kind of this thing where you know she would kind of swing it around it was almost like this wheel of fire type situation yeah while also kind of doing this you know very like um uh, like artistic uh belly dance type of motion and it was it was interesting like i don't know exactly how to say it other than it was just very interesting but also 
you know, as someone who, uh, who, who does not want to be caught on fire, I also found it a little like panic inducing. <laughs> so I'm wondering, I don't know what the terminology is for that form of dance though. Like, I don't know if that's called fire dance or belly dance or some sort of like blending of the two. Yeah. But now in yeah. my mind, this pipe smoking fire slash belly dancer has fallen in love with Samuel Gay with himself <laughs> or, or the reincarnation thereof and together has created this, uh, <laughs> this very strange. And every uh, time, yeah. every time you see this tobacco sense, you will think, uh, your, your mind will go back to those, uh, uh, those those interesting nights uh, out in front of the place there in Memphis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I wish I could. It was yeah, like a it was like a diner slash like I don't know barbecue Korean type of. Play. I can't remember what it was, but it was interesting. It was very interesting. What? The food was good. It shut down, but it was we liked it. <laughs> Man, uh, you know something is certainly interesting. I mean, it's got a uh, kind of a funny thing. Don't again have no clue where fire dance comes from. Uh, the quote. Uh, uh, none but the piper keeps up with the dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just w- would love to love to know more about that. But anyway, um, this is something great for the non-aromatic smoker, as you can imagine, because uh, you know we've started out with as a base with a very very high quality uh, Virginia leaf, and so uh, you know this flu cured leaf from Samuel Gaywith. It's some of the uh, best selling tobaccos uh, out out there, but also that they particularly make. You know, you've got Samuel gay with the best brown flake whenever we have it in stock it's one of the very first ones that flies off the shelf it's right up there you've got that one uh full virginia flake squadron leader they're always uh you know once you get them they're gone kind of thing it's it's just that uh popular and so you know it, you can imagine uh samuel gay like well let's let's use this as a base let's throw a bone to um you know folks and and you know uh make an interesting aromatic tobacco that uses that as kind of a background a backdrop and so um, you know, it's it's great. This is a good tobacco for uh, non-aromatic smokers that may be interested in a little treat, but still want to taste very high quality tobacco. And yeah. so it's a sweet tin note. You've got as, as you open the tin, uh, you know, you've got a, uh, a very nice uh, sweetness uh, that's that's uh, there. It's not particularly perfumey. It just has a nice uh, kind of, um, you know, sweetness. You, you taste or, or smell some uh, a little bit of berry that's in there and and uh, uh, just kind of leaves you wondering, you know, that there's a sugar, a sugary uhness there that it, it leaves you wanting to explore with your pipe. And so um, it, it's a moist tobacco. A lot of Samuel Gaywis flakes, of course, are going to come out of the tin a little moist. And so, um, you know, typically I recommend you take these kind of tear, tear the amount apart that you're ready to put into your pipe and let it sit there for, you know, maybe a couple minutes before you load your pipe up. And, um, you know, it adds to the ritual, but also I think will help with, uh, you know, making this particular um, tobacco enjoyable. So uh, let it dry for a little while. Packs great uh, right out of the tin, uh, you know, and and lights with with relative ease. This is one of those tobaccos that, um, you know, the false light part of the process, that initial charring light, hmm. uh, or even two, maybe a couple of false lights, is is going to be really key to enjoying this particular tobacco. You know, you want to you want to build a really nice base to get this flake tobacco going, and with the moisture content. Um, that that initial charring light's always very helpful for me. So um, so take your time with this. Don't overdo it. 
um, you know, sip this tobacco. We, we folks already uh, occasionally have issues getting those flight tobaccos, uh, you know, kind of lit. And, and and Virginia tobaccos too. We think about the tongue bite and all that that comes with it. And so so we've got flake, we've got Virginia, and now we're adding on top of that aromatic. You're like you're thinking to yourself, man, this one is going to scorch my tongue. And so, <laughs> um, you know, you just want to take your time with this particular one, and um, you know, char the top a little bit, let it go out, tamp it slowly, char again, uh, tamp it again, and, and then, you know, take your time before you really puff it hard to get that flame nice and deep into the bowl. So mm. a, as you get it lit, a very, uh, you know, a very simple sweetness. It's a it's a tart sweetness there. You get kind of that uh, rock candy sugar flavor that's really, um, you know, nice. It's just kind of a simple, straightforward sweetness. Um, but the the tartness there from the berry, I think, uh, is something that uh, is more, you know, accessible there on the front end. Um, it's subtle, you know, obviously compared to a lot of other aromatics. Samuel Gaywith, they have put a lot of thought into how they've uh, how they've done this. But, um, you know, and so it's sophisticated, but but subtle. And um, and, and once you get into the bowl, um, you really do taste more of the berry flavor that's there. Uh, the brandy comes out a little bit. You get kind of the, uh, the heat, the nice sting of a, of a nice, uh, you know, relatively, uh, high proof alcohol that comes in, uh, there. And so it's just kind of a nice, um, you know, a nice, uh, mold, uh, wine or, or dark fruit flavor that kind of comes in from the back to back up this, this blackberry flavor. Um, it builds itself as a, also having vanilla. To be honest, I didn't really catch a lot of the vanilla. It's mm. uh, probably in there somewhere, but, um, you know, just a very, uh, just a, a fun tobacco. I, I think the thing I love about it is that you continue to taste the Virginias, uh, throughout the, throughout the tin, throughout the bowl. And so, um, you know, while you're smoking the tobacco, you're enjoying the the sweet kisses of these uh, aromatic notes, you know, that are there. But um, it, but you're still enjoying extremely high quality, uh, you know, flu cured flu cured Virginias. Um, and so, um, you know, it just makes it uh, makes it that much more enjoyable. It really is something as a treat uh, for the uh, for the non aromatic smoker. Um, we all just want to mix it up a little bit. I mean, let's be honest. It, we all occasionally like a piece of cake, and so. Um, man, this is one of those tobaccos that, uh, you know, I think you'll enjoy. Um, you know, if you're looking for a syrupy, sweet aromatic, this is not going to be it for you. Um, you know, so don't, don't go into this experience, you know, kind of hunting that, um, and for the you know Virginia smoker that's looking for uh, very clean, uh, either you know uh, bready flavored Virginias or citrusy flavored uh, Virginias, you know you're not going to get as much of that either. The breadiness does come in there a little bit, uh, and so you do taste those uh, those flavors, the natural sugars of the Virginia. But then you know the the main star here is the uh, you know the the topping or the you know the casing on this particular tobacco, and so um, you know I think though the the blackberry and and then the liquor uh, element is is well done, and so you're not mm. uh, you know just uh, you feeling like you're drinking a uh, you know a Slurpee at the beach or something. So um, anyway, good tobacco. I, I really enjoyed it. And one thing I have to say, and I always pick on Samuel Gay with for this, but there you know I I don't have an issue necessarily with square or rectangular tins, but something about their tinning process, something about them, it makes their cans pop open so much easier than most 
tins, and and even most square and rectangular tin tobaccos, because because square and rectangular tins do pop open easier than round tins. But there's in particular something about how Sam Gay with their machine they're using or uh, something they just they just pop open really easily. And so, uh, you know, if you get your hands on one of these, check it, um, you know, just gently pull on the lid to make sure it's not open before you purchase it or whatever. And you're just really bad about popping open. Yeah. And, and, and it's the shape. It's not Sam Gay with, I mean, it's the shape, right? Well, the, this, the rectangular tins, they are, um, they are more prone, but, but particularly the ones that come from their factory. And I don't know if it's something that's coming off of their, hmm. um, you know, machines or something. I, I don't, I, again, I, I'd love to, uh, if someone had some insight into that, but for whatever reason, we see a lot of these, um, that, that pop open. Um, and so just, you know, be careful if you do get this, uh, tobacco or any other Samuel Gay with tobacco, I would highly recommend that as soon as you get the new tin, uh, take the contents out and put it in a jar, uh, that way, you won't be really disappointed two years down the road when you go over to it um, and pop it open, and then realize it's it's already popped open and mm. and bone dry, and it had yeah. been uh, you know maybe got some weevils growing in it or something. Uh, <laughs> come on, <now. laughs> nobody wants that. No, no weevils in the pipe world. No weevils in the pipe world. All right, man. What else you got? <laughs> um, man, moving on. Uh, Ashton, smooth sailing today. Want to talk about another aromatic? Something that's more um, of a traditional aromatic. Something that uh, where the uh, the main character is decidedly the uh, the flavor of the um, you know the topping that's on the tobacco. Um, Ashton's uh, Ashton tobaccos. These tobaccos are really great. Now, this is not Ashton the pipe making company. This is Ashton the cigar company uh, that has a, a whole line of tobaccos that are branded for them. They're made by Kohlhaas in Germany, uh, which we uh, love and, and talk about uh, quite a bit on the show. Uh, love this, you know, uh, blending house and what they do, how they process their stuff, and just um, you know, they've got some real uh, hits that that come out of there, and so um, you know, love what they do, but. Uh, very, you know, uh, good tobaccos that are labeled under that Ashton name. Their more uh, popular one, the most popular one of theirs, is the Artisan Blend. It's very uh, popular. It's got a, you know, it's a full English, and we sell uh, quite a bit of it, um, you know, here at the shop. But um, the one we're talking about today, Smooth Sailing, this is an aromatic from Ashton, and it comes in a beautiful, handsome round tin. I love the uh, very, uh, you know, kind of bright, uh, you know, bird egg blue uh, that you see there. Do you have a, um, can you kind of describe that book? Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful tent. It's very, very calming as you would expect being on a uh, sailboat. Uh, it's got kind of the, the clouds in the background. Of course you've got the Ashton kind of wreath with the crown on top, kind of the gold. Um, but yeah, not a very light blue. You know, I, I, I've, it's the funniest thing. Like you mentioned, I remember when you mentioned that we were going to be talking about this one, I went kind of like, Hmm, cause I always love like the concept of sailing. I, I don't know how to yeah. sail, but I, I always love like the concept of it. And it's so interesting to me because more, I mean, we've talked about this before, but there is the, uh, there's this imagery that surrounds the concept of sailing and pipe tobacco. Uh, we've, you know, we've talked about it in our pipes and pirates series. We've also talked about the uh, pipe smoking sailor as an archetype of, of kind of pipe smokers, but you know, it's also got to be insanely challenging to like manage the ropes, <laughs> and the sails and try to keep your, your pipe lit. Right. I know. Right. <laughs> yep. Exactly. It's One imagines be. smoothing sailing perhaps is trying to offer up an idea of smooth sailing while enjoying this, uh, delicious pipe tobacco, even though it might not actually be smooth sailing in practice. 
Right. It may it may be extremely difficult. And, uh, you know, if you have a hard enough time uh, smoking your pipe on the beach, uh, imagine, uh, you know, while you're commandeering your uh, your sailboat. Uh, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, man, just a, a, a beautiful tin, very uh, elegant how Ashton does. Of course, Ashton, their cigars they make are, um, you know, very, you know, high top shelf. I mean, they're, you know, expensive and well-made uh, with the Fuente Company. And, uh, of course, just, uh, you know, very... Uh, good quality, and you would expect the same of their uh, their tinned pipe tobaccos. And so, um, uh, you you open the tin, and uh, it is the uh, round uh, vacuum seal tin, the coin style tin that we talk about, and uh, it's a quite moist tobacco. It really is. It has one of these uh, Elizabethan collars that you open up, and um, the tobacco in there is uh, is is pretty moist. And um, you know, sometimes with uh, uh, these aromatic uh, tin tobaccos, you get kind of a dryness in there. But this one's this one has a nice moisture to it. It's something that uh, seems like it would stay fresh for a while. The leaves. This is a ribbon cut tobacco, and the ribbons tend to be pretty, um, you know, pretty pretty evenly chopped or you know sliced. They're very. Um, uh, it seemed to be pretty uniform. Uh, you've got kind of a kind of a nut brown khaki colored ribbon, uh, you know, with some uh, some darker black uh, leaf in there that I'm assuming is some type of Cavendish or maybe some flavored Burley, and um, it just seems to be uh, you know a nice uh, melange of tobacco that uh, you know that tends to uh, you know be satisfying to. Uh, someone that's loading up their pipe, but um, the, the tin note from this, you immediately get coconut. It, 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 I, huh. I smell coconut when I when I you know, <sighs> smell this particular yeah. uh, tin. They, they describe it as uh, again pleasantly palatable and wonderfully smooth. This aromatic mixture is slightly nutty, boasting flavors of maple, coconut, and dark chocolate. Now that's coming from Ashton. When I open this tin, um, I think. Wow, that's an almond joy. <laughs> like I, wow, okay. I get that. I really do. It's got this uh, uh, this chocolatey, rich flavor to it. I, I don't get as much dark chocolate. It's more of a milk chocolate flavor um, with these uh, uh, nutty notes. But then you've got this coconut that's just very present, and it's uh, and and it's fun. It makes you uh, you know the smell of the the aroma of the tin makes you really excited about. Uh, you know, trying this tobacco. So yeah, uh, you know, nice moisture to it. I, I let it dry out just a little bit before I loaded my pipe. And, um, you know, it's a sweet, light tobacco. It's one of those that, um, you know, it, it is uh, highly aromatic, but, um, you know, it is uh, kind of a light uh, tobacco. It, it, it's relatively bitey. You know, you will get uh, just a nice sweet heat from this. There is a, a kind of a cocoa flavor, uh, you'll get some of those, um, you know, coconut notes that are there. Um, I, I kind of struggled in trying to think of uh, other tobaccos this reminded me of, maybe a toned down Multidulce or something like that. But, mm. um, you know, this uh, has a, a just a nice general sweetness to it. It, it is kind of a nutty flavor, and uh, you, you do get some of that coconut and, and, the, and the chocolatey notes that are there. Um, I didn't really get much alcohol, any kind of, uh, you know, they, they bill it also as having kind of an uh, alcohol uh, topping on there, and I, I didn't really get uh, much of that. I will say it is it is a little bitey. This is a tobacco that you'll want to sip. Uh, take your time getting it lit. Um, you know, the whatever, you know, they've done here, the, the uh, flavor uh, profile, you'll want to uh, just kind of uh, slow your process down a little bit, uh, you know, while you're getting it lit. 
overall, for an aromatic tobacco, uh, it's pretty pleasant. Uh, it, it is. It's going to, uh, you know, kind of scratch that itch if you have kind of a candy bar, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, d- desire in smoking something <laughs> that's kind of confectionery, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, in your tobaccos. But um, but it's not a syrupy sweet tobacco. This is not one of those where, um, you know, you're going to, uh, you know, get a wet uh, stickiness to it. I will say you want to put this in an aromatic pipe. This is a, a tobacco that you're not going to want to, uh, you know, if you've got a pipe that occasionally you smoke aromatics out of, but more often than not, you smoke Englishes or, uh, you know, uh, Virginias or something of that nature. Uh, you don't want to put this in that in that pipe. This is for an aromatic pipe, uh, great for a corn cob, which we'll talk about uh, shortly, or a, a clay pipe. But um, but certainly for an aromatic pipe, this is going to leave a little residual flavor uh, in your pipe. But um, if you like almond joys like I do, then you may uh, may also enjoy uh, this tin. Well, there you go. I you know it's interesting. I I I don't dislike candy bars. <laughs> I I happen to yeah. be a fan. Uh, <laughs> but coconut is actually like the one flavor. Pr- like I love coconut rum, but if yeah. it ain't in rum, I generally don't like it. <laughs> and it's always unfortunate because it is like a, a flavor profile. That's also like, you know, often kind of uh, associated with like summer or spring or, or you know, going yeah. out to the beach or going out on the waves or something of that nature. And, uh, yeah, if you had said like, it was more of like a coconut rum, I'd be down, but yeah, almond joy is like a, no, no, run away, run away. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there are some chocolate blends that are very like blunt out there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, we, one of them actually, we, we make one here at the shop and are, are proud of it. It's tobacco du chocolat. Uh, and it's very much a milk chocolate blend. It's very, uh, ham fisted in its way. Like I mean, if you want chocolate in your tobacco, this is the one for you. And so, uh, and th- there's a place and a time for that. And we, you know, we smoke it and love it, but, um, but this one is not going to be one of those like over the top, uh, chocolate, uh, in your face. You, you do get the cocoa that's there. Uh, I, I do think it's more of a milk chocolate than a dark chocolate. But at the same time, the, I think the coconut and just kind of the natural uh, or, you know, just the, the semi-sweetness of the uh, tobacco is going to be more prevalent there than the chocolate flavor. Mm. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's my take. Well, there you go. All right. Well, good deal. Well, I think we've got uh, some very – a lot of flavor. Man, you got a lot of flavors this uh, <laughs> this yeah. particular tobacco talk. I know, man. I'm hoping, um, you know, for folks that um, are, are non-aromatic smokers, um, you know, check into the Samuel Gay with uh, Fire Dance Flake if you can get your hands on a tin of it. Uh, you know, we'd be something worth uh, worth trying out. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear what you think. Absolutely. Well, you know, the great thing is whenever you're trying a brand new tobacco, you want to make sure you're doing so with uh, and getting all of those various flavor profiles that John David has mentioned and maybe even more. Perhaps your palate is even better than the master's, but the only way to know is with a good quality smoke from our good friends at Missouri Mersham. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard to be better than mine, but uh, <laughs> man, we love the uh, love the pipes from Missouri Mersham, and of course, that's why we talk about them every single week. Uh, this week, we're talking about the Cole Younger Corn Cob Pipe. It's uh, the flagship pipe of their Outlaw series, and it, uh, it's just a really cool concept that they've uh, pioneered here. It's a fun uh, combination with Crow Valley uh, Pipe Company that they've done. Cole Younger Corn Cob Pipe, it's got this kind of stovetop uh, top that's reminiscent of a stagecoach and uh, features a wide nickel band and, uh, of course, a, a very comfortable black stem that uh, thins out right as the hits the button, so it's really, really nice and thin towards your teeth. But um, just a very uh, handy size uh, pipe, and it's got kind of the fun uh, little outlaw logo there on the side, which 
uh, gives it a little edge. But um, a great tasting pipe, a good travel pipe, something that you can poke in your pocket and uh, pull out uh, when you need a, need a quick smoke or to enjoy an afternoon with some friends. So uh, check it out. You can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, retails for $16.99 on uh, their website. And uh, we hope you check it out. Hey, and if you've got one, be sure to smoke it this week to let the good folks at Missouri Mearsham know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Pipe question of the week. Question of the week coming in from Donovan T. Embry. And here is what Donovan had to say. Donovan's just a cool name. I just want to acknowledge that. I that's, know, right? That's just such a cool <laughs> name. Uh, he says, hey guys, I was listening to your episode on the different tobacco leaves and the process between tobacco and cigar and pipes. It was great. It was a great episode and had a lot of good information. And it piqued my interest about a particular flavor that is prominent within whiskey, particularly scotch whiskey. A lot of scotch has what is called a peaty flavor or smell. You mentioned Perique has a peat flavor, but I was interested to know if you have ever heard of a condiment tobacco that goes through the process like Latakia. Mostly that is hungover smoldering peat to impart that flavor. I've not seen anything like this, but my brain, at least it's in my brain, at least it sounds like an interesting idea to have that flavor profile included with tobacco, especially on the days where you don't particularly want to drink scotch and smoke your pipe at the same time. Thanks again for all that you do, Donovan, or thanks again for all that you do. And again, that is from Donovan T. Embry. Yeah, man. Thank you for reaching out, Donovan. I appreciate this. And this is a a excellent question for someone that's uh you know gotten into the leaf and um uh, and done some done some homework on your own right. So um yeah, you know we may have mentioned before that Perique has uh, some of that PD flavor. You know typically I, I really more associate Latakia with the with the peatiness of uh, of a Scotch whiskey. Uh, you know Latakia mm-hmm. has that uh, smoldery, soily, uh, burnt flavor that you just kind of. Uh, associate with a nice, uh, you know, Islay or uh, Highland whiskey that's got that, um, you know, that soily, uh, peaty toastiness to it. There's a there's a burnt uh, campfire flavor that's kind of running in the background. And so um, so I, I do consider Latakia to be, uh, you know, the the element in the pipe world that has that uh, that peat flavor probably most prominently. Um, you know, there is nothing on the market I know of that kind of, you know, uh, tries to very deliberately infuse that, uh, you know, from a scotch, you know, uh, you know, from a scotch 
Scotland uh, peat soil uh, standpoint. I'm mm-hmm. not uh, not familiar with that. But uh, another tobacco that some people get this this flavor from as well, though, is uh, is Darkfire Kentucky. You know, we've got a leaf here that uh, is is a burly strain, and uh, you know undergoes a, a a similar process to some degree. And so it also has that smokiness that's there. It's more of a it's more of a woody smokiness than a than a soily earthy one. I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, perhaps. But um, but if you've ever smoked a you know a, a tobacco that's forward on the dark fire Kentucky, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. It has that uh, that earthy or you know more of a more of a woody smokiness to it. That's uh, is just very pleasant uh, and very high nicotine too. Um, so you might check that out. But yeah, I'm not not really sure of anything other than you know you might find some uh, tobaccos that uh, you know are flavored with Scotch whiskey or something of that nature. I think Peter Stokeby might make a uh, a Scotch whiskey flavored tobacco. But you know, as far as something that's hung over smoldering peat, I'm not not familiar with that. I don't think there's anything like that on the market. But um, but anyway, great question, man, and and neat to see you kind of pulling those parallels out of uh, you know where the where the flavors are coming from and identifying those with uh, with pipe leaves. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, now I want a good peaty scotch. I know, me too, right? (laughs) Pour myself one afterwards. All right, man. Well, hey, Donovan, great question. If you've got another pipe question of the week for us, be sure to send it into the show. That is show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire question. All right, man. Let's quick fire with the squire. All right. Pastor Nathan uh, sent this in to us. He says, okay, guys, I'm going to give it a shot. Pun intended. Now, this is interesting. Now, long-time okay. listeners know you are not a movie guy for the most part. However, yeah. they may be surprised to know that you are something of a video game guy, at least back in the day. Well, yeah, I was about to say not any time recently, but, um, but yeah, definitely in the... Uh Definitely back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, I think most of these qualify as more back of the day. I think. I don't know. We're, we're about to find out. So these are okay, this video game edition. All right. You ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I'm excited. This, uh, this is fun. All right. Mario side-scrolling or Mario in 3D? Oh, side-scrolling for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, you know, for whatever reason, I never got into the, the Mario games once they kind of got into the, you know, first person kind of deal. I just never took to them. But the side scrolling, like original, uh, you know, NES games, like, man, those are, you know, 10 times out of 10. That's what I want. Yeah, no, 100%. That's the classic right there. And then, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the exact same way. I remember, I can't remember what the first, like, Mario game that I saw that I was like, he was moving around in 3D. Maybe it's like, I don't know, he had like a water jetpack, something or another, but I, I was just yeah. so weirded out, but I was like, no, Mario goes this way or this way. He could not go in every other way. This is not <laughs> the way that God intended Mario to move. This is, this is know, wrong. Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm a side scroller as well. That's funny. All right. Zelda link to the past or breath of the wild. You know, I, I have to admit, I'm actually not familiar with either of these titles. So, um, yeah, I, the first Zelda game I ever played was actually on the Wii. Um, and I can't remember the name of that game that um, that came out. I'm sure uh, you know anyone could call it out, but um, but yeah, I, I just didn't play a lot of Zelda on in my uh, early video game years. Yeah, no, I, I was the same. Uh, the only the only Zelda game I've ever played, I believe, was Breath of the Wild, which I think was the first one that came out with the Switch. And if that's what I'm thinking of, uh, is a beautiful game. It's a great game. So I'm, I'm definitely going to choose uh, choose that one. Um, so there you go. 
All right. Warcraft or Starcraft? Starcraft. I, I'm more of a space guy anyway, I would think. But um, but yeah, I, I never got into Warcraft. I, you know, and I, I, I do like Starcraft. I, I played that a long time ago. Over the years, I've gone back and forth on Warcraft. Like, I, I've, dab- I've definitely dabbled, but it is... It's like an easy game to like play, but a hard game to master. And it's just one of those things yeah. where like, I remember like it was starting to become like a job. You had to like craft some stuff up and <laughs> do this and that. I'm like, I, no, I don't. I'm, I'm here to have fun. I'm here to have out. fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll, let me slay the dragon. I'm down. But like, I don't want to do math. <laughs> like, don't make me do math. Uh, Starcraft, on the other hand, is a blast. I love that kind of like, uh, you know, war simulation type of, you know, resource management type game is, is, a, is a lot of fun. So yeah, Starcraft as well. Yeah. Uh, SimCity or Civilizations? I'm assuming when he says Civilizations, he's talking about like Sid Meier's Civilization. Okay. Um, and I, I'm going to go with that. I, I love those games, man. They, they were just so much fun. Like, you know, you're simulating the building of an empire and oh, um, cool. you know, all this kind of stuff. I, that was a blast. And I like SimCity too. I played a lot of that. But um, so I, this is probably the one I would have the most trouble picking between. Hmm. Um, but I'm going to go Civilization by here. Okay, if civil, it sounds like Civilizations is similar to StarCraft in that way, in which case I'll go with Civilizations. All right, and then finally, GoldenEye or Assassin's Creed? Yeah, well, GoldenEye hands down. I, I don't. You could put GoldenEye <laughs> up against basically everything, but um, I've never played Assassin's Creed, heard nothing but great things about it, but um, that those kind of came out a little, uh, you know, after I guess I got uh, into the whole, or, you know, after I left the uh, video game world. So, but man, GoldenEye, I just have so many fond memories of that game, and it was... Uh, you know, the first game that probably, you know, got me in trouble with, you know, not get my homework done. Right, right. Thing. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to go with that. Yeah, GoldenEye was really the Halo of its day, and then Halo was the Fortnite of its day. And I don't know what the Fortnite is of its day, because I, I can't keep up. But regardless, yeah. I don't know what yeah. Fortnite is, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> many, many youth group, like, pizza hangout nights over GoldenEye. Like, I, yeah. I, I remember that as, as a kid, like, you know, there'd be like a hangout at somebody's house and, and like the youth leader, like basically all it was is like the youth, youth leader wanted to play Goldeneye and like went to whoever's, whichever kid, like the, the rich kid in the youth group, you know, like we always went to their house and played <laughs> the Goldeneye rich kid, right. <laughs> and, uh, and ate pizza. <laughs> yep. I probably said some of my first curse words actually while playing Goldeneye. So that, that would make, uh, you know, you, you bring back all kinds of interesting memories all kinds of memories i will say that <laughs> assassin's creed like I, I i wish i could say assassin's creed i like the concept of assassin's creed i've, I've played um you know uh black uh black black flag assassin's creed yeah. black flag uh which is a fantastic pirate game until the assassin's creed stuff like interrupts it and i'm like go, go away assassin's creed let, let me play the pirate part <laughs> so i kind of feel like assassin's creed the problem with that franchise is it needs to get out of its own way but that's just that's just me i'm sure there's a lot of different thoughts on that <laughs> uh great questions pastor nathan thanks so much for the nostalgia kick with uh, these and uh, hey if you've got some quick fire questions be sure to send them into the show that is show at countrysquireradio.com again that is show at countrysquireradio.com <laughs> Your Your thoughts, thoughts, your your comments, comments. listener feedback. Listener feedback. Hmm. All right, first one's coming in from Jim Nelson. Uh, man, we are about to get called out. Well, we deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we, we need to get called out from time to time. This is about the, the Chacombe, uh, the, what are the Gaelic rooster, uh, I believe? Yeah, he says ga- uh, Gaelic rooster? Yeah. the Gaelic he rooster. He says, uh, you want me to read this or you, you want to? This is where you put some garlic on it, right? You're making <laughs> some yourself garlic some, some spaghetti. Ah, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Gallic rooster uh, is the informal equivalent to the American eagle. Uh, the national soccer and rugby team mascots uh, and rooster are roosters, and the rugby team is often called the rugby roosters. Come on, man. If you're real hipsters instead of hipster posers, <laughs> uh, you would know that the soccer and rugby connection uh, instinctually. Uh, so it makes sense for Chacombe uh, that they would use the uh, include the rooster as part of their identity. Uh, and that's from our friend Jim Nelson. And uh, I'm proud to be a hipster poser instead of a real hipster. Man, we got full all called out. He called out our hipster cred. I know, right? We did a, we did a, we got, we got caught out by the pipe community when we tried to do a hipster episode. And then we can, we can call out for a hipster cred. What? We can, just, come we on, can't Jim. win either way, man. You just coming and going, losing. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> crazy. Uh, great. No, thank you for that. That uh, that is extremely yeah, helpful. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that, to Jim. have that context. All right, man, this next one comes in from Tom Hodgson. What did Tom have to say? He says, I know this may seem like a random message, but I felt compelled to write you guys a note. Uh, Several years ago, I inherited some pipes from my father-in-law, who was from England, and traveled for his job throughout the world. He picked up a few pipes along the way, and after his death several years ago, I became the new owner. Uh, The problem Mm. was I wasn't a pipe smoker and didn't really know what to do with them. I was brought Mm. up in a strict Baptist home, so no one one I knew was a pipe smoker. Uh, I took those pipes to a local pipe shop and had them clean. I asked the guys about pipe smoking, and they suggested I grab a corncob pipe and practice. So I did. At that time, I felt like I was learning alone and even viewed the pipe uh, world as something that was personal, but I've recently discovered that it's more of a community. I've purchased a few pipes, joined a few Facebook Mm. groups, and have added several blends to my growing cellar. Little did I know that this newfound community was something I needed. You see... I've been a pastor, shh, don't tell anyone, most in the church don't even know I've taken up the pipe, (laughs) for over 20 years, and this pandemic has really kicked me in the backside. It's been hard to hold together our church family, Mm. because especially considering the divide that is currently happening in our world. I'm naturally a peacemaker, so the animosity that that exists is hard for me to watch. I needed some outlets, and the pipe world has become one in my life. I recently found your podcast and began listening. Last Monday, I spontaneously jumped into the car and drove two hours to Columbus, Ohio. I just needed a break and visited some pipe shops there. Uh, I had several episodes of your podcast loaded on my phone, six hours worth. Man, that is is just self self-mutilation. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of bow and uh, As I drove and listened, I felt like you guys were talking and investing in me. Uh, for out for a few hours, I was able to just mm. listen and learn about something that's new to me. One of the episodes I listened to was Ties That Bind, a chat about pi- the pipe smoking community from August 1st, 2018. Um, it really resonated with me that this isn't something to be enjoyed alone, but in a community. As a pastor, this made me con- com- mm-hmm. this made complete sense to me. In that episode, I heard the heart behind why you do what you do. It was inspiring. I say this all uh, to let you guys know that I appreciate what you're doing. To me, it isn't just about the pipe, but about life and providing an avenue for me and others to discover some pleasure in the midst of trying to lead a church. Uh, keep up the great work and know that what you go, what you do goes far beyond your shop in Mississippi. Um, at some point, I would love to make the journey and visit your shop, but for now, I ordered several blends from the Country Squire and am enjoying experiencing what you've created there <laughs> and the legacy you carry on. And man, that is from a very generous and very uh, kind Tom. Pastor Tom, <laughs> the right reverend. 
Man, what an amazing email, yeah. Good words about what the pipe's done for you and how it's uh, kind of ministered to your heart during this time. And then, uh, man, we, we're glad we can just be a small part of that. So that's great. Absolutely, man. And I mean, like, you know, I would just... You know, I, I get, I get it. I get the, um, especially with, you know, coming from a Baptist context, wanting to kind of, you know, shh, don't tell anyone kind of ingest, uh, you know, with, with that. But I mean, like, you know, you walk into the country squire, you've got folks from all various <laughs> walks of life, all various perspectives sitting down and smoking pipes with one another. And that's not to say that sometimes conversations don't get heated, but at the same time, like there is a, there is a common understanding and respect that the pipe forces upon you because you got to shut up and take care of your pipe for a minute. You know what I mean? Like there, there is a, there is a conversational tool that we have been gifted from generations past and it is called <laughs> the pipe. <laughs> and so like, use it. You know what? If you're having some trouble in your church and everything, like, I, look, I get that. I look, you, you speaking to me, brother, I understand. But what I'm saying is that like, you know, maybe, maybe bust out a couple of pipes. I don't know. I'm not saying the pipe's going to fix it. I'm just saying it'll cause people to kind of <laughs> shut up and listen. And you know, there, there's something, there's something to being able to shut up and listen. And this is coming from somebody who talks for a listener who needs to shut up and listen from time to time. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for that email. And uh, yeah, just sharing that kind of a personal story. We're glad to, uh, to be uh, walking along with many of y'all this, especially just the last past year in the midst of pandemic and everything else who, who would have known, uh, who, nobody, I mean, I was talking about wife the other night, but we were talking, we were talking about, um, uh, goodness, I don't know. We we're just having memories from college and everything yeah. and, and thinking about like, if we could go back and, you know, tell, tell ourselves about, you know, like just life and, and, and children and, and like all the things that, you know, had we known then, <laughs> like, you know, just, a, a this beautiful and not in a bad way and like a beautiful picture of like, you know, what, what our, what our marriage is and what our life is. And it was one of those things like, you know, and then we'd have to tell them about the sci-fi <laughs> pandemic that we're all living through. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, because that's that, that life is so weird. <laughs> like we sound like the kind of people that would come back to tell the ourselves about like, okay, so in 2020, buy lots of toilet paper stock, right? <laughs> right, right. It gets crazy. The stuff hits the fed. Listen, look, we are so thankful that all of y'all are joining us uh, for this episode and every single week here at Country Square Radio. We want to encourage y'all to keep up with us. Uh, this is where things are about to get weird, man, because I'm, I'm doing the whole social media thing. As I mentioned last That's week, right. I'm doing a one year purge of social media. But uh, but you can follow the show where I will definitely be at Squire Radio or you can follow John David at John David Cole. Of course, the <laughs> shop's handle is at underscore the country squire. But all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. How'd I do, buddy? Uh, we're we're getting a little closer. We're, 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 get, we're getting closer. Yeah, but yeah, we're, 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 you know, it'll, it'll take a few <laughs> weeks. We'll, we'll, we'll hammer it out. <laughs> I tell you what, man, I always love uh, hammering out some of these tobacco talks with you. It is a, uh, it is a, a pillar of the show and also just, you know, a chance for all of us to really appreciate the, uh, the extreme palatability of your palate. <laughs> Oh, man, talk about a stretch. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, that's what I do. Hey, let's go have a day. See you, brother.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.